Israel, what's going on and what we can do. I'm in Revelation 8. What's going on? Anyone confused about what's going on? You hear the different opinions out there. And um, I, I was kind of surprised. I lost some followers on Twitter and Instagram and people sending me these mean, nasty things on just because we stand with Israel. You know, but they did this to the Palestinians and they did. And hey, from their vantage point, right, from their vantage point, see, that's the key. You have to get the right information. You have to get, go to the right source. Thank God we have God's word. But you can also look at history. And I don't know how anybody can defend the murdering of children and women and what they did. You cannot defend that. Your argument is tossed to the ground and, and stomped on to say that they have um, uh, permission to do that. And so what's happening is you have this civil unrest. I'm going to, and it's actually cataclysmic. Um, you, 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 you will see how we are involved in all of this. And it's not a boring topic. Trust me, this is going to be very, very interesting. And you need to know what God's word says. You need to know what's going on. And I did a lot of studying. I listened to rabbis. I listened to both Palestinian side and the Jewish side. Not, not on what happened. What happened is a terrorist act condemned, but the Middle East is a, is a, is a, it's a hotbed of hatred. And the difference is Israel is often in the defensive position where Hamas, you saw, that came against them and then Hezbollah in the north. And of course, you go back to ISIS. These groups want to eradicate Israel and wipe them off the face of the earth. And guess who else? You. Imagine, <laughs> imagine the Mexican border. They want to kill us. And Canada wants to kill us. And you got rockets coming in all the time. That's the atmosphere they live in. So how did this happen? How, what, what is going on? And two women who I highly respect at the first service, they teach studies here. Um, they said that was a, a great breakdown that we need to hear. And so that kind of gave me a little, a bit of confidence because I'm not sure, you know, where, where, if we want to use a whole Sunday morning for this, but I think it's so important. Um, and just, just so you know, because a lot of people have, have seen Alex up here with his, his phone and camera. And uh, a year ago, it was about a year ago, year and a half ago, he goes, hey, if I start a TikTok account and I get a thousand followers, can I film it live? I'm like, yeah, sure, Alex, whatever. You know, sure. Yeah, thousand, thousand people on TikTok. And guess what? Yeah, I got it. So I got to live. I got to live up to that. So thank you. And I think I saw comments. There's a Muslim watching, too. Muslims watch. They want... They want a Bible, and so uh, you never know who you're going to reach. Um, many of you don't know it, but we reach thousands of people outside of this building, and that's why I have to be faithful to the call that God has given me. And sometimes it upsets people, but I have to look at the call that I have versus the, the feelings and opinions of others. Uh, although those you should take into consideration, right? I say the truth will offend you, but my attitude shouldn't. And I have to apologize for that from time to time. And we'll continue to do so until I'm six feet under. So let me tell you what's going on. I think we have a map uh, that will really make a lot of sense. Okay. How, how is this little area causing all these problems? Right there, right? So you're going to hear arguments. Uh, and, and I think Israel has a lot of support right now. But when they go into Gaza, and the, 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 they're going to go in and just... It's going to be a while, and they're going to get rid of Hamas, and you're going to start just maybe hear things and see things, and then you're going to see, I believe, the Middle East turn on them. And uh, CNN's also already in that route. Uh, you're going to see this now, this hatred towards uh, uh, Israel and America. I don't know how long America will support it. But from a biblical perspective, a historical perspective, anybody heard of Abraham? Father Abraham? And God made a covenant with Abraham. He came from the... Ur of the Chaldeans, you are. Ur of the Chaldeans, I'm, I'm just going to guess here, right around in this area. He said, I'm going to make a covenant with you. Your, your, the, 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 your people, your descendants are going to be as the sea, sands on the seashore. Not literal, of course, but so he comes in this area. Abraham does. And then he says, God tells him, your people are going to go into slavery for 400 years, 400 years. The reason is, uh, many people spe speculate, but the Bible is a little bit clear on this, 
It said, number one, the iniquity of the Amorites has not yet been fulfilled. Meaning the Amorites are in the promised land. And God is giving them, I, I think, opportunity to repent like Nineveh or any other people, his mercy and his grace. So he says, because the iniquity, their sin has not yet been fulfilled, you're going to go in. In other words, the promised land's not ready yet. So you need to go in. You're going to serve. That's the whole story of, right? I'm going to go over here for you. So they, there is a famine in the land. Where do they go? Who's in Egypt? Joseph, who's been prepared by God to be there. And now all the people, Goshen, uh, they come and, and they live in Egypt now for 400 years. A generation rises up that doesn't know Joseph. They put the children of Israel in bondage. And the Bible also says, and when you come out, you're going to come out with great substance. They actually left Egypt with all the gold and all the silver. Not all of it, but they took as much as they could carry. God calls Abraham from here to here. Hey, the promised land isn't ready yet, so go down to here, wait 400 years, and I'm going to bring you back a Red Sea crossing. Remember reading about that anywhere? And the children of Israel had an 11-day journey to get to the promised land, but it took them 40 years. So if you're a grumbler and a complainer, I would repent of that today because that will stop the promises of God more than anything else I've seen. Yes, besetting sin, but the wrong heart, the wrong attitude will definitely do that as well. So God brings them out by his strong hand. Remember all the plagues of Egypt? He spared the children of Israel. The, uh, uh, um, Pharaoh lost the firstborn, all the firstborn of the land. They came out with great substance. And they hung out right here for a long time, a very long time. So as you can see, the land is the children of Israel's land from, they call it the, the, there's covenants with God, the Noah covenant, the covenant with Noah, the Abrahamic covenant, the Davidic covenant. And he, he makes all these covenants with these people. And that's his covenant. He's a covenant keeping God. He gave them the land. And then somebody by the name of Moses brought them out. And then who brought them into the promised land eventually? Joshua and the warfare. There's a lot. Boy, there's a lot there on the warfare. Walking into God's will is not often easy. There's warfare. And so they go in, they take the promised land, and that's where they dwelt. They dwelt there. Was that 3,000 years ago? Without my calculator, right? And so what happened, though, is God said, if you do these things, these blessings will overcome you. You'll be blessed in the field and you're going in and coming out. But if you disobey, then I will bring in enemies to judge you. Judges, Samuel, kings. You see the up and down of Israel. It's never that they lose the land that God gave them necessarily, but the blessings are gone. And they have to rule uh, they have to sit underneath the Philistine rule. Actually, I would think the word Palestine comes from Philistines. And so you'll, you'll see them get the land, lose it, get the land, lose it, and then they're, then they're spread out all over. And uh, what about Nehemiah? He's taken captive. And Daniel, they're taken captive. But God always wants them to go back to the land, rebuild the temple. Go back to the land, Nehemiah, and rebuild the wall. God wanted them to rebuild a wall. So does God's word have anything to say about borders? Yes, it's crystal clear on a lot of these issues. And so what is happening then is there's this constant tension. Anytime Israel is elevated and doing well, the enemy hates it. Like when Nehemiah went to build the wall, Tobias, wait, Samballat and Tobiah, those little stinkers, they said, what are these feeble Jews doing? And they got upset that they were coming to rebuild Jerusalem. And so the Jews dwelt there, and they would dwell there with, with, with those from the uh, Arab nations, Palestinians, and they would all dwell there. over. And then in, I think around 700 A.D. or so, you could see there was this big uprising, and, and the Arab nations went in, and they overthrew Jerusalem, and you heard about the Crusades, right? And and it was a terrible time there for many many doing things 
under the banner of Christianity and taking back Jerusalem and, and all these things, but they, they still lived there. They still stayed there. And so they eventually, over the years, you know, Camp David, have you heard of that? The Camp David Accord with Jimmy Carter, and there's just always trying to negotiate. And, and so eventually, 2006, I believe, believe it is, the Israel gave up the Gaza Strip, and then they elected Hamas to be their governing body. People say, why would they allow them? Why would they elect them? It's a, why would they? Well, when you go to vote, and there's people standing there with AK-47s, telling you who you're going to vote for. And so you have this, and now you have this group of people here, we're going to kill Israel. <laughs> That's a lot different. That's, you're not defending anymore, now you're the aggressor. And so that final, there's been going back and forth. I remember when they, when they took one of Israel's soldiers years ago, Israel gave them back a thousand prisoners. Do you remember that deal? What was that, 2000, I don't know, 11 or so? And then one of those prisoners is the leader of Hamas who orchestrated this whole thing. I don't think he's going to live very long, much longer. But um, that's what's happening. So Israel, after that massive attack, 1,200 people, women and children, I'm not going to go into what they did. I'm, it's, just, it's just inconceivable. And so for people to defend that really bothers me. Because you have to ask yourself, uh, you know, if if George Soros is on your side and Hollywood and Harvard and the media, you might be on the wrong side. And, and so that's that's why this is a big deal. And not only do they have Hamas here in the Gaza Strip, guess who's up here north? Hezbollah. And Syria is not real happy. Iraq's not real happy. Iran's not real happy. And Saudi Arabia was just going to sign a peace deal with Israel or some type of peace talks. Well, that's off the table. Now guess who's talking? So you have this whole area, pretty much. Egypt will, will you know, they're, 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 not letting their, they're not opening their border to let the Palestinians in. Uh, when Israel will go in, they'll tell the Palestinians they have 24 hours to leave. Uh, you'll find that guess who's not letting them leave? Hamas. And so what they do is they use women and children as shields, real cowards, right? And they'll, they'll plant, they'll put their, their military uh, bases and things like that, maybe next to hospitals. Or, and that's, that's what they do. What they're banking on, what, what always happens, that's why you have people, even in, our, in government, in Washington, D.C., these Democratic senators and congresswomen who are, who are not saying anything about the atrocities, not calling it for what it is. And we've got enemies within. We really do. Open borders for so many years have just allowed all these people to come in unvetted, unchecked. And that's why many people are worried. And you look at mainly who's coming in, the guys in their 30s by themselves, not Hispanic. You've got to be careful. doesn't mean we're unloving. The government is not supposed to turn the other cheek. That's my job. The government is not supposed to care for the sojourner and the pilgrim. That's my job. What's the government's job? To restrain evil. To protect. And people that came against me when I talk about borders, I say, okay, well, try this. Let me know how it goes. Tell, let, leave your house unlocked, door open, and windows open. Just say, hey, if you're hungry, you need some hot, hot meals, come in. It's open. You're not going to do that? Well, of course not. That's not wise. Exactly. You have to be able to help people, but also protect those that God has given you to protect. That's, and that's the role of government. Did you know if you're in an airplane and the oxygen mask falls, that the mom is not supposed to put it on the two-year-old first? That's selfish. No. They're supposed to put it on quickly, and then they're able to attend to their family. You see how that works? And so we have this, this incredible upheaval with now everything is really unstable. So my point was what you're going to see, what Hamas does, it's called propaganda. So in the weeks to come, I, I say within the next, I don't know, three, four weeks, you're going to see this big shift, in my opinion, where they go into Gaza and it gets tough. Ground warfare is tough. 
And now the narrative is going to change. And you're going to have even more people coming against Israel, forcing them to get out uh, when, they, when they haven't removed that cancer yet. And my thought is, when Hamas creates an environment like this, somebody has to respond. This is wicked, it's evil, it's, it's demonic. And so that's where we find ourselves today. It is just straight up hatred. And it even goes back to Genesis 25, 23. I believe I have this verse dealing with, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, in between there, uh, two kids were born. One of the, uh, of, of the right lineage that God said, Abraham, right, and his wife. The other, Sarah, decided to go get a handmaiden and make it happen on her own. So you have these two, you have these two different people groups right at the beginning. And this one, I believe, is talking about Rebecca saying there are two nations in your womb. These people will be separated from your body. One shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. That's not good, especially in the Middle East. They don't like that. It's always the older, right, is the head of the home. It receives the double portion, and the younger serves. So from the get-go, there's been a challenge. And many believe, and why, you know, this unsettling is Iran, for example, and if you hear imams, I-M-A-N, those are Iranian clergy, they want to usher in this major battle. They want to usher in this major fight. That's a little scary. They think they're rewarded for bringing in. And what's funny is they're looking for this person, which actually the Bible describes as the Antichrist or the one world leader. They're waiting for that type of person. And that means that's why they want to die for their faith. And so you'll see it's why, that's why they call it um, uh, Islamic terrorism. And that's what it actually is. It's the two, the Judaism and Islam are, are fighting. And this is the outcome of that. Deuteronomy 28.2 And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord. But if you disobey, then all these things will come upon you. So Israel disobeyed. And this is what has come upon them. Different rulers and different kingdoms have, have been over them. Did you know that? That Israel was going to be blessed of God. No army can come against them. But when they withdrew and they were disobedient, God said, okay, here, Assyrians, Babylonians, I'm going to bring even, uh, that's what Habakkuk writes about. Habakkuk says, why are these armies coming against? Why are the wicked prospering? And God says, do not write down the vision, for in the end it will speak and not lie. For it is yet for an appointed time, but I'm bringing this army against you. And because you didn't listen now, I'm going to bring the Philistines against you. And that's how God often would, 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 would wake up his people. And so although they don't, they don't lose the land because God's promises are sure. And I'm going to go through a few of those. Nehemiah. He said 1, 8 through 9, Nehemiah 1, 8 through 9. Remember, now remember, Nehemiah is in bondage. He, 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 he has been, the people, the, the, the city, the city lies in waste. And he says, why should I not be sad when the place of my father's tombs lies in waste? And the king sent him to rebuild the wall. He said, therefore, God, I pray the word that you commanded your servant Moses. Back, he's going away. Way back. Saying, if you are unfaithful, which they were, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though some of you are cast out to the farthest parts of heaven, yet I will gather you from there and bring them to a place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. So obedience would put them back in the center of God's will. And that would happen. They would cry out to God for a deliverer. And what would God bring them? A judge. So the book of Judges is about the, the children of Israel drifting and then coming back to God. Raising up a Samson. Raising up a, a Barak. Raising up, uh, you go down the list, and uh, Samuel. And these different people he would raise up to bring the children of Israel back. But the regathering of Jerusalem, or the regathering of the children of Israel, let's say example in 1948. Did you know in 1948, after thousands of years, they became a nation again? 
1948, they became a nation again because after the Holocaust, they're recognized as a nation again. And there wasn't anything they did, though, in that case. They weren't worthy of it. It was all by God's mercy because God made promises to David. I'm going to show you that in a little bit. It's almost like everything is fine as long as Israel is defeated. But when Israel starts to regather its strength and, and what the, the, why is it, it's, it's got one of the best, um, uh, landscapings in the world as far as growing and the water coming out and the defenses of Israel. And that's why they think, many people think they were caught off guard by what happened. I might talk about that in a minute. But I do want to talk about something that's very important. I don't know if I'm going to go through these, or read them necessarily, but it is important. Because it happens in the Christian community. You ever wonder why some people, do you have friends that don't care about this topic at all? You know, I do. And, you know, I, I got it. Some people, you know, we don't, not, many of us didn't care too much until this happened recently. Uh, but a lot of people believe and teach, and it really comes from what's known as the Reformed faith, uh, or, uh, or the Reformation, Reformed faith, something called covenant theology. Covenant theology or replacement theology. And if you read, you know, I've read their books before. A friend of mine, you know, it's like, okay, they, okay, I see where, although I don't agree with them, I see where they're coming from. Because think about the word replacement and covenant. Israel was given this responsibility. God said, if you do this, obey me, follow me, I will keep this covenant with you. And Israel did not fulfill her end of the bargain at all. (laughs) So God says, you broke the covenant that I had with you. Therefore, I no longer have a covenant with you. And the church now today has replaced Israel, replacement theology, grafted in. So now the promises are really spiritual promises given to the church. Now, some of that's true because Paul says we have been grafted in. A believing Jew and a, and a Christian are, are no different. We're part, we're part of that family. But based on Scripture, again, if you, if you were to weigh the Scriptures, and I know our elders here, myself, I can't grasp that uh, concept for a couple different reasons. Number one, Jeremiah, and I could read, I had about eight verses but it would take a lot of time. But here's just one of them. Jeremiah 31, 35 through 37. This is what the Lord says. He who appoints the sun to shine by day and who decrees the moon and the stars to shine by night. That's pretty powerful. Maybe that's a good word for some of you this morning. You're worried about something that you don't have to worry about. God's got this. He holds the stars in place. Hello? He put the sun 93, 93 million miles away, and he controlled that. That's just if I get a headache if I think too much about it. Like the greatness of God, that word "awesome" is actually used to describe God. So that God, the Lord Almighty, is His name. In case you forgot, only if these decrees vanish from my sight, everything He just decreed. In other words, if the sun no longer shines and and all these things no longer do what I told them to do, then Israel will cease being a nation before me. In other words, it's not going to happen. And one of the things I read this morning, I, I hopped up here and wrote it down, is I'm reading Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, they lost the land. I mean, they were overcome by by their enemies and, and I think it was in Haggai or Zechariah, Zechariah forgot to write down, God said, I am still zealous for Jerusalem. Still? And then he goes on to say, who touches you touches the apple of my eye. Still? After they were overtaken by their enemies and they walked away from you? And there's a verse that I can't dismiss. Whoever blesses Israel, <laughs> I will bless. Whoever curses Israel, I will curse. Now, you, we could get really down a rabbit trail, and I know some of you have more than me, of what happens when we begin to take land from Israel. If you go back to George Bush Sr., 
And when they start to take land from, I mean, everything's from hurricanes to this. It's like coincidence. Mm, mm, I don't know. I like, I, I like to believe that verse because it doesn't say whoever blesses Israel, I will bless whoever curses Israel. I will curse as long as they keep all my commandments perfectly and live in harmony. It doesn't, it's just, it's just, that's what you have to do with scripture. You have to be careful that when you eliminate things. Uh, like those who they call um, sensationists, sensationists who say that the gifts, the miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit no longer function today. Are you sure? I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty. So we needed them for the first hundred years, the second hundred years. The, we needed them for 300 years. But when the Council of Nicaea canonized the scripture, now we have the Bible. Now we don't need them. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. I'm not prepared to make those kind of judgments. I'm just a simple country preacher. And the Bible says things that are, that are pretty clear. But on the replacement theology side, Sam Storms, he emailed, I emailed him, he said I could quote him, he said, which he, he would, he actually, he loves the nation of Israel. And he believes that, uh, that we are to protect them and the, but he doesn't see them still being part of God's plan because the church has been grafted in. He said many prefer the term fulfillment theology. Believing Gentiles do not replace believing Jews. Both are one new man who share equally in the covenant promises. In other words, believing Gentiles have been grafted into the olive tree of Israel to share with believing Jews in the fulfillment of the promises. And I agree with that, every word of that. But I would say that God appears to still have a plan with Israel. From 1948 to, well, we didn't talk, we talked about 1948. Did you know that they, uh, the, the, all these Arab nations went against them in 66 and 73? I mean, it's like, the, was that the Six Day War? I mean, all these nations come against Israel still comes out. Could it be that God is fighting for them? I mean, you just look at all that. This tiny little size of New Jersey, all these nations surrounded by people who want to kill you. And it's, it's another reason I know it's their land is because somebody about 2,000 years ago died on a cross, went to a temple. Even though it was under Roman occupation, Jesus, listen to a talk. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a, the land that Abraham promised. The Jews give to Caesar what's due Caesar and to God the things that God. It was their land. And the word Palestine comes from the word Philistine. And when they came into that area, they gave them some of that land just as a concession, thinking they could all dwell together in harmony. Now, did Israel handle a lot of things well? No, not everything. That's an unbelieving, God-rejecting nation still. It's not messianic. Do you understand that? They are still waiting for the Messiah. And a lot of them will die in their sins. Uh, for example, Ben Shapiro is not in a good spot, spiritually speaking, whatsoever. Yes, I hope people send this to him. That's okay. His comments about Jesus are appalling. Dennis Prager. Not in a good spot. Spiritually, they reject Jesus Christ. Sam Storm continues. He says, I want to use, give you an illustration. Does the butterfly replace the caterpillar? No, the butterfly is the organic consummation of the caterpillar, just as the church is the spiritual fulfillment of believing remnant Israel. And there he gives some scriptures there. So he would believe that God no longer has a plan. And others, other, other people I respect, I love, I see where they're coming from. I really do. But we look at, I just, I just, what I do is when you weigh the scriptures, everything I just read about apple of God's eye, um, um, zealous for Jerusalem, I will not forsake them. Uh, even if you know my decrees would have to vanish before Israel vanishes as a nation, brings them back in 1948. The consistency. If you weigh those, to me that has they have a lot more weight than the scriptures on the replacement theology side. It just it just seems to be a lot more weight. Plus, um, a lot of people don't know this, but when if you if you research replacement theology. Um, covenant theology, and you go back to the Reformation with 
uh, Martin Luther, 1517, he was very anti-Semitic. I don't know if you knew that or not. Anti-Semitism, Semitic is the language of the Arab, Arab and Jewish area, the nation, the people. And so if you're anti-Semitic, it's become, anti-Semitism has become to mean against the Jews. And he actually wrote so strongly against them that, that uh, Adolf Hitler uh, used uh, some of his writings. And so his reason was that he just had, he hated them because they killed Jesus, not understanding that God allowed it. The Romans actually were involved as well. And my point is, though, when you go back and you look at Reformation history, Martin Luther, Eurek Zwingli in Switzerland, read some of his writings, or John Calvin in Geneva, uh, or um, John Knox in Scotland, and you read a lot of what they came out of reading Whitecliffe and Tyndale and John Huss, and then you see a lot of them were basing it off Israel being gone. There was no nation of Israel back then. It was the Jews were everywhere. Bulgaria, Bolivia, China, and like, oh, obviously they're gone. But then in 1948, when now, hey, Israel's now a nation again, and all the Jews are coming back to the homeland. <laughs> oh, hmm. So one good thing about waiting or being, you know, living where we do is we can see things even better. And I guarantee in 20 years from now, some of us might be changing our theological positions again on things that not essentials, but things that we're waiting on that we think maybe the rapture or not the rapture or where China will be or Iran's role or Ezekiel 38, this big army from Magog and Gog. And, and we'll, we'll have a better eyesight, spiritually speaking, even even then on the things that are non-essential. I think we can all agree on that, I hope. In short, what is happening? Kingdoms are colliding. Kingdoms are colliding. How the left in our country say that speaking truthful words are violent, yet they say nothing about decapitating babies. They are demonically inspired, period. I said it. Hello. Tweet it out if you want. Think about it. This, this is it's like mind-blowing times a thousand. I'm called a hater. Uh, fascist, what, I don't know what that is. Uh, uh, m- m- you name it. White, wing, hating, fear mongering. You hate homosexuality. Hate- no, I'm just telling you what God's word says. So my, my words, my words are hate, but these people can chop off babies' heads and rape women and kill them and set them on fire and, and it's okay, we're pro-Palestinian. Give me a break. Give if if I wasn't a pastor, I could curse right now. I would. I know you might not be able to believe that, and so could some of you, right? That still wells up, doesn't it? Some mm, righteous indignation. I'd love for some of you to see Jesus turn over that money changer. I, boy, I bet he was fuming. I mean, it's just like this is this is wrong. And silence speaks volumes. Cowards say nothing. Words carry weight. And it's time that, that, that we say what is true. They're, really, love speech is hate speech, according to so many. So I won't get into all the details um, of, of what happened in, in this, this recent last week, because we really don't, we don't know. Um, was there a cyber attack? Uh, I know Jack Hibbs talked about that um, in one of his messages that, that Iran and uh, China, there was a cyber attack on their equipment. Um, I don't know about that. I haven't seen anything on that. I've heard conspiracy theories that Israel allowed this to happen to give them an excuse to go into Hamas. I, for one, cannot believe that uh, whatsoever. What it looks like is there was an intelligence failure. They were caught off guard because you can get, you can rest on your lulls. You can get a little sleepy, even though their security system was the best in the world. I mean, they can detect a cat outside the, the fence. But the same thing that happened with 9-11 is, you know, they had chunks of information throughout. FBI had something, this, this local official had something, and they never connected the dots. And so it, it appears, again, time will tell what, what the truth is, but it appears that they were completely just caught off guard. How that happened, I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It really doesn't. But I'm not going to say things that aren't true that I don't know for certain. And we do know that Iran is a satanic puppet master. Do, do, you, do, are you, do you know who funds, who gives Hezbollah, Hezbollah and Hamas, who gives them the money? Any idea? 
I heard somebody say U.S. Well, technically you're right, right? Did you see the Babylon Bee this week? It said White House denies that the $6 billion on Frozen matches exactly $6 billion on missiles fired. I mean, come on. We unfree $6 billion to Iran as a, as, a, as a financial sanction, and then all hell breaks loose. And one of the worst things I've ever seen in my lifetime, it's embarrassing, I'm so ashamed and I'm still upset, is what Biden did in Afghanistan. I'm just telling you the truth. And if this upsets people when we go down to one service, that's okay. One service is easier for me. But that's the truth. You leave, you leave 95 billion in military equipment there. You, what, what hurts me most is you pull out and you know, you don't hear about the hundreds, hundreds that were slaughtered. The translators, the communicators that would work with the United States and communicate, just, tra- they're just a translator. ISIS would wipe out their family. I heard David Barton talk about this with Glenn Beck. They had airplanes were going to leave Afghanistan, and the State Department redirected them back, would not allow them into our country. We are evil at the core. When you vote, you better really look at who you vote for. You better really consider. Because we're, we're, voting, we're voting for policy. We're voting for policy. Okay, not people. Not people. Mickey Mouse can run for office, but if he's going to protect the unborn and he's going to secure the borders, hey, I ran here. He's going to deal. He's going to deal tough. He's going to deal. He's going to. He's going to protect and appoint people in positions of leadership that love God. And he's hey, hey, we're going for policy, folks. Not people. Got to wake up. We got to wake up and find out and see where this is all leading. So anyway, a lot of the weapons that I, I think you're going to find too is came from Afghanistan. Some of the, some of the, can you believe that? The actual things we left there, terrorists are using against not only Israel, but by the way, not only do they want to wipe Israel off the face of the map, did I already tell you this? First, like, I know I told first service. But if you're a Christian, you're a Christian, they want to wipe you off the face of the map. I don't know if you ever follow... Um, Pat, uh, Patrick Bet David's podcast. Um, some people I listen to on there, some I can't because they cuss and stuff sometimes. But sometimes it's just really good conversation. One he had with Charlie Kirk and another one. But they had Muslims and Christians. And the Muslims actually said, yes, it's okay to kill you for what you believe. On his podcast. Not right there. It wouldn't be because you have to go through the courts and stuff. <laughs> It's so funny, those who struggle, or they say the homosexual agenda, you're so mad at me, go, go try this in Iran. They kill you. They will kill you. I love you, I'll just tell you the truth. They will kill you. Hello? My goodness. We have been drinking woke Kool-Aid for too long. I'm, let me see if I'm in YouTube jail again after this one. No, we're still good. So we don't know. We know Iran's satanic puppet masters. Uh, we know the prophecy as time goes on, things will become more clear on what's going on. What's the big thing right now that you're hearing um, a lot of people talk about is Ezekiel 38. I think we have that. And so God is prophesying, say, son of man, prophesy and say to Gog, which is uh, Magog, Gog. And if you look at the, we'd have to put the map up. I don't have time. You go into the Russia area, those people north of them. Uh, China's way north. Russia's north. Thus says the Lord God, on that day when my people Israel dwell safely, will you not know it? Then you will come from your place out of the far north, you and many peoples with you, all of them riding horses, a great company and a mighty army. You will come up against my people Israel like a cloud to cover the land. It will be in the latter days that I will bring you against my land so that the nations may know me. When I'm hollowed in your name, O God, before their eyes. And you can read Ezekiel 38, and there's this big battle. Uh, people try to say it already happened. Oh, that's kind of tough um, to, to fathom. And it appears that all, at some point, all the groups are going to get, get going to be against Israel. 
Hmm. Pretty interesting, right? And then I'm going to get to Revelation 9, hopefully in a few weeks. It says this. God says, release the angels who are bound, bound at the great rivers Euphrates. Anybody aware that Euphrates has been drying up? You've been watching those videos? Just saying. <laughs> Golly. It's a, for people to not believe the Bible, it's just so incredible. I mean, it's like they're just stuck on stupid. Well, let me say that. That could have been flesh. Russell, you're here. That could have been my flesh preaching again. So let me, let me say, let me see. The, the humble, broken pastor would say, they're just not, they're just, they're just blinded by the, by the enemy. And we just pray that those blinders will come off someday. So you tried talking for an hour, not messing up. So the four angels who had been prepared for that hour and the day and the month and the year, they were released to kill a third of the man, mankind. Now, the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. Anybody know what country has 200 million man army? Their flag is red and yellow. Interesting. I, I can't I won't I can't say for sure, but that you know, Interesting. I heard the number of them, and thus I saw a, a horse in the vision. Those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red and yellow. You've got to be kidding me. And the heads of the horses were like heads of lions, and out of their mouth came fire, smoke, and brimstone. Now, where all this plays out, we don't know exactly. I mean, people take a strong stance and say this is exactly how it's going to happen. I can't do that. I just know, and we, maybe we could put the map up there real quick too as well. Where's China up here? So you've got 200 man million army. Oh, Euphrates River's in the way. Well, maybe not. And then you're going to have all these groups come against this little, this little tiny place here. Now, according to prophecy, God is going to defend his people. So, it's, Interesting to say, the, say the least, right? So, where does that leave us? I'm not going to get to Revelation eight. I'll have to do it next week. U.S. today, you need to know this. China and others are saying it's our fault, possibly to draw us in knowingly to a war, knowing that our supply capabilities are severely hindered. Hey, Biden, I know where 95 billion is off in the desert somewhere. You just left. And then now we have bases here and there. Now we've got one of our major fleets, one of the carriers. And remember, a carrier that carries all the fighter jets also comes with a lot of other vessels next to it. And they can't tell us exactly, but you can guarantee there's some nuclear subs in that area as well. And so we're being pulled there. I don't know if you saw, but uh, Taiwan or uh, China just launched a lot of their fighter jets over the Taiwanese area a day or two ago. Perfect opportunity. If Iran begins to come against Israel, because they're, they're not going to allow Israel to stay in Gaza too long. Right now they can't do much because of, of public support, it's divided. But you start seeing all the, the Palestinians, and they're going to throw out pictures. It, remember, it's the terrorist's fault. They use people as shields. They're not letting a lot of Palestinians leave. They're using them as shields. And they're going to say, look at what Israel's doing. And then you can see this whole tide switch. No support. Now, Iran says, if you don't move out, we're going to start to take military action. And then you've got Syria above that area as well and releasing Hezbollah. And now the United States, we're, we're here. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Are we going to send now? We're going to start to send our fighter jets toward Iran to stop them. And then China's just waiting. Tick, 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 tick. Uh, that's one group I wouldn't want to mess with. I would not want to see where they, this ends up. Now, though, we're not supposed to be alarmed, correct? But we do see military weakness because of wokeness. Military weakness because of wokeness. We are spread way too thin. We're worried about teaching our servicemen how many genders there are and how to be sensitive and how to get sex surgery and change your sex to a woman if you'd like that. That's our military. Give me a break. Those who join, join because we are one nation under God, not above God. 
So, so the morale, so the morale, the morale right now is not too great. Why can't we get people enlisted? I don't want my son going and fighting for this country that's going to hell in a handbasket. That's what parents are thinking. That's what, why am I getting, look at the, look what they do. We gotta go to sensitivity training in the Marines? Are you kidding me? I honestly don't know to laugh or cry. No, we, we actually, you don't need sensitivity 70 training. Teach them how to survive on the land and take people out that are the enemy and let them loose. That's what they used to do. The whole, that was the whole program, the, why the whole SEAL team program was set up years ago, was to have an elite team who were prepared and go in. Not, they don't need sensitivity training. But see, they're woke. What does that mean? They're actually controlled by puppet masters. You know that, right? Don't listen to a lot of the media. Who owns the media? Who owns the majority of the media? Let's do a quick test here. George Soros, uh, Black, BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, billion-dollar companies. Do you know? Do you know they also have a lot of stock in uh, Big Pharma and the food industry? What's happening to a lot of the farmers? Watch the documentary from the Epic Times on what's happening to farmers, especially in Denmark, how they're pushing out thousands of farmers. Who owns all these? The media, big pharma, food. Oh, thank God they don't control Hollywood, at least. <laughs> Psalm 27. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Praise God. And another, I already touched base on this, but this is what's happening. Open borders, erase boundaries. And so it is, the challenge is we want to help people that are less fortunate and really needing help. There's got to be a better way. Uh, but why don't we even offer a, a polygraph? Hey, before you come in, do you want to kill any Americans? Hello? I mean, there's just no vetting process. There's nothing. Just open borders. Do you know why? The Democrats want votes, number one. Number two, Mexico doesn't want to lose six billion a year that they receive from people sending money back. There's another third reason as well, I can't recall. It's just a crisis. You see, all the, we've got how many different nationalities coming in? How much fentanyl is coming in? The sex trafficking. It, it's, 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 it's incredible. Lines are being drawn in the sand. And you'll see that now. Where, where are all the people who supported BLM a couple years ago? Where are they at now? BLM is supporting Palestine. Where are these people? Shane, you're going to tick off people. I know, but I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. This guy to speak the truth. We have to speak the truth. Out of a thousand people, two might get upset. That's okay. What can we do? Okay, I'm going to close with this. What can we do? 365 times the Bible says... Fear not. Ten tips for troubling times. You have that article. We're giving it out again on Wednesday. Make sure you get that article. I might preach on next Sunday. I'm not sure it will really help. But I wanted you to see this. I've said it. I would say this every Sunday if I could. I would say this every Sunday and Wednesday if I could to remind you. Who can stop God Almighty? Who are you, who are you fearing? Who can, who can ruin His plans? What leader can overpower Him? What government can override him? What army can defeat him? What terrorists can scare him? What obstacles can stop him? What challenge can confuse God? So we've got to get our minds off of what's going on, out of Fox News, out of CNN, out of all this stuff. Oh, the, the world, the, the sky's falling. And remember to trust in God Almighty. God raises up a king and he puts another one down. And I can tell you this with all the authority of Scripture, what's going on will not touch your soul if your soul knows the Savior. That's the difference. That's the difference. What's going on it will not touch your soul at all if you know the Savior. Shane, aren't you worried of Russia, the nuclear Los Angeles? Well, then I'll go real quick and we know Jesus. I, know, I mean, you're, what are you... 
I'm, I'm actually more worried to, to see where America's at in 20 years and have to live in it and do what I do. I, boy, I could really take you down a journey where, where Germany was when Hitler came in. Maybe you don't know this, but I was able to get, um, I got dinner with uh, Eric Metaxas and a few other people. Uh, it's funny, we got in an Uber and he goes, Shane, you need the front seat because you're too tall. So they got in the back. But uh, just the, the parallels with um, Germany, how, where the churches were. Silence, capitulating. And where we are today, calling good evil and evil good, what we're allowing, what we're not standing for. I don't remember the quote, but he was talking about somebody said, they came for the socialists and I didn't say anything. They came for the national, whatever, and I, I didn't say anything. They came for the Christians, I didn't say anything. They came for the Jews, and I couldn't say anything. It's just the same. The parallels are amazing. Remember, the enemy comes as an angel of light. The closer you draw to God, the better you'll be able to handle the future. The further away and the more difficult it will become. So that's why I mentioned that at 6 a.m. on Sundays. Bring your Bible, bring a little flashlight, worship sometimes, or Wednesdays, and and at your own home, for sure, every day in your own home. But the more you press into God, the more full you are of His Spirit, the more you can handle what's going on out there. But the less, the farther you get from God, young adults, teenagers, the farther you get from God, the more scared you're going to be, the more difficult it becomes. We have to remember, you you know the Lord and He knows you, but are you drawing near to Him? You've got to seek Him like never before. You've got to seek Him like never before. And I talked about this at the first service and I might next week, but you have to pray down heaven. You have to pray down heaven. And so I do want to throw it out there this morning. If you don't know, truly know God, if you've been trusting in religion, anybody ever trust in religion? You're trusting in your good works. You're trusting, <clears throat> trusting in the church, whatever that means. You're not trusting. You have to trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This morning there's a song that came on. I wish I could hit rewind. One of the lines that says, The day that death surrendered was under the, the, the weight of the cross. The day that death surrendered was under the weight of the cross. Think about it. Death had this control on people for thousands of years. Death was the final say. Death was was everything that people feared. But death surrendered that day on the cross when Jesus arose. And so make that decision this morning. If you need to repent and believe, do that today.